Welcome to the True North Podcast. True North is just a metaphor that means you're true center. So if you're following Jesus Christ, then your true north is the direction that leads you to the heart of God. On this podcast, we navigate through culture, civil injustice, parenting, marriage, leadership, ministry, and all that life has to offer. Navigating through those topics in a direction that lands you at the heart of God. What up? Thank you for lending me your ears, your heart, and your mind. My name is Lindsey Melton Jr., and this is the True North Podcast. A while back, I was talking to a um, somebody that is a Christian as well, follower of the way, um, believer, Jesus follower, however you want to throw, you know, whatever labels you want to throw on that. At the end of the day, they are a Christian. I'm a Christian, if you didn't know. I mean, henceforth, True North Podcast, um, you know, yeah. All right taking whatever you yeah you heard the intro you got it all right so um but anyways i heard you know this christian we were talking and um you know uh, i asked them i said hey what happened to this particular worship leader you know i have they haven't put music out in forever and we live now in a generation or we live now in a day and age where like when we say forever forever is like two years or um four years plus and you know i haven't heard this person since uh, I haven't heard them put music out since 2013. So I was like, man, whatever happened to them? And, you know, the person I was talking to, um, uh, they, they had said, well, you know, that person, they became more of an activist. So I don't, I don't even really listen to them anymore. Um, and, you know, I didn't say anything in the moment, but like, you know, that it kind of struck a chord with me. I was like, what do you mean an activist? So I went and looked them up and, I I wouldn't say an activist, but they are very vocal about now the worship leader is black. All right. It's black male um, and brother can sing, but he's become more vocal about um, injustice and civil rights and equal rights for all um, for <laughs> for all races, especially, um, you know, minority races. Um, so it just, it, so once I saw that, I was like, oh, it really struck a chord with me and it posed this question within my mind, um, which is why is there a line between activism and being a follower of the way? Why, why is there, why does there have to be a line between, you know, being an activist? I do, I'm doing the air quotes. You can't see it, but why does there have to be a line between speaking up about injustice and and being very active in um in working and serving in those areas why does there have to be a line between doing that and being a christian or serving in a church or preaching the gospel why does there have to be a line why does there have to be a wall why does there have to be a divider why do why do both things have to be in separate compartments and i've been thinking about this question for a while this past weekend easter weekend um i'm at walmart um returning some um some uh some stuff and um i'm in line at customer service and i had a while to think because like the line was outrageously long and um, the Lord dropped this thought. He influenced me with this thought uh, and, and not really thought it's truth. But he 
uh, as a Christian. So if you're listening, you definitely want to pay attention to this. And I even posted it on social media. But as a Christian, you are either using your faith to better your community or ignore your community. Bro, when he dropped that in my spirit, I was like, whoa. I'm going to say that again. As a Christian, you're either using your faith, your relationship with God, to inspire you to better your community, or you're, because you're a Christian, because you have faith in Jesus, you're ignoring your community by only contributing to what happens within the four walls of a church. Only speaking on the things that happen within the four walls of the church. Only volunteering for things that happen within the four walls of a church. But never checking in on your neighbor. Never checking in on the person that lives beside you. Never checking in on the person on the other side of the town. Never checking uh, into the different organizations within your county or town or city that help the homeless, that help uh, minority races, that help better education within public schools, not private schools, within public schools. You never check in on those things because we're solely focused on the things within our four walls of our church because our church is our church. Why does there have to be a line between speaking out against racial injustice and being a follower of the way? At the core of it, are they the same thing? I submit to you this. Jesus was very woke. I'm not saying that to be trendy, but Jesus was very woke. He was a, and still is, a woke Messiah. All right. I'm going to say that, but I'm going to prove it to you by this one, this one encounter. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. You, I encourage you to read the whole chapter. But 1 through 18, Jesus, there's this, there's this pool in the town of Jerusalem, uh, the pool of Bethesda. And at this pool, all of all the blind people, sick people, um, people with uh, missing ligaments, um, people, you know, that stank, people that were decaying, people that were sick, you know, all the people that we see, um, you know, on the side of the road that we roll our eyes at and drive on anyway, like, God, you know, you know, where did you get the marker to write on that sign? You need help, you know. Go get you a job. You know, those type of people were here. Not just those type of people, but the but the people of society that we that we view as minorities, they were probably camping out here as well. I mean, literally, it was a place that was opposite of the religious four walls in this day. All right, so Jesus goes there and heals a man. Now, before he heals a man, there's Pharisees that happen to um, that are following him and, and wanting to catch him slip up. They're like, you know, you can't heal this man because today is the Sabbath day. Today's the day of rest. There's there, there's no healing on the day of rest. And Jesus does it anyway. Why? Because he's more concerned about bettering his neighbor than ignoring him. 
I'm guilty of this. When the Lord told me this, I was like, I'm so guilty of this, but I'm very guilty of um, not bettering my community, but ignoring my community and bettering, you know, the things that, you know, can consist within four walls of a church. There's, and I'm not throwing shots at churches, obviously. If you think I'm throwing shots at churches, you're not hearing me. What I'm saying is there should not be a line that separates serving in a church and serving in a community. It should flow consistently. Because if I'm serving, if if I am a Christian, then I understand what Jesus did for me. I serve in a church and I serve in my community. I serve God by serving in my community. I, I volunteer in homeless shelters or or I or I, I, I search out to see if there's any programs that are working with uh, minority races or I, or I search out to see if there's any programs that are providing books for schools or books for college students. And I contribute either my time or my resources or my finances to some of those programs. And as I do that, I encourage them, hey, the reason I do this is because God has saved me through his son. Jesus and he could do the same for you. Let me introduce you to him. And then I don't just lead him in a prayer, but I lead him through a life and I bring them back to church with me and introduce them to the ones that have changed my life, the ones that lead me through the scriptures, the ones that are in authority over me and say, hey, this is someone that is that is brand new to believing and, and falling in love with Jesus Christ. Let us help him on this journey or her on this journey. I do those things because I follow Jesus. And there's nothing that separates my following Jesus and my bettering the community. There's nothing that should separate that. So I encourage you, ask yourself, okay, because I have faith in Jesus, am I bettering my neighborhood? Am I bettering the street that I live on? Let's let's keep it simple. Am I bettering the street that I live on? Or am I ignoring the neighbors? Because I have faith in Jesus, because I follow him, because my heart and mind has been transformed by what he did at the cross and rose three days later, does that inspire me to volunteer at a school? Does that inspire me to volunteer at a homeless shelter? Does that inspire me to write a check to provide resources to a program that is trying to have an impact on our community. If the question is, or if the answer to those questions falls in line with you ignoring your community, I encourage you, do a 180, like I'm currently having to do, do a 180 and focus on bettering your community for the glory of God. Because at the end of the day, lost ones, when they see you start to do good work, they're going to ask you, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And that's the perfect setup to say, I'm doing this because I, because God has changed my life through his son, Jesus. Let me tell you how he did it. And watch the Holy Spirit preach through you. I'm not talking about preach like a 12-point sermon, take up a love offer and all that. No, 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 no. 
let me let me back it up and say and watch the glory of god shine through you just like it did through moses but the good thing is with us on this side of the covenant there is no veil there is freedom for the glory of god to shine through us for all to see not so they could be marveled at us but so they can come face to face with God and be changed and transformed and be unified with him. Listen, to sum up everything I said, I want to leave you with this audio clip from Martin Luther King Jr., him preaching uh, a sermon entitled, But If Not... Um, And he delivered this message at Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta in 1967. Please pay close attention. I say to you this morning that if you have never found something so dear and so precious to you that you will die for it, then you aren't fit to live. You may be 38 years old as I happen to be. And one day, some great opportunity stands before you and calls upon you to stand up for some great principle, some great issue, some great cause. And you refuse to do it because you are afraid. You refuse to do it because you want to live longer. You are afraid that you will lose your job, or you're afraid that you will be criticized, or that you will lose your popularity, or you're afraid that somebody will stab you or shoot at you or bomb your house, and so you refuse to take the stand. Well, you may go on and live until you are 90, but you are just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. The cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the spirit. You died when you refused to stand up for right. You died when you refused to stand up for truth. You died when you refused to stand up for justice.